What's happening, weirdos? You freaks. <laughs> oh my god. We missed you guys. We were off uh, a little bit. Yep. Because we didn't. The holidays. Have and our nanny. nanny. And now we're back. And we're so happy. This is, a, this is a good one. This is emotional. Yeah, this is a serious, heavy, emotional one. But, um, not, you know. Not too heavy. Not too heavy. I think it's worth a listen. <laughs> People just turn it off. <laughs> and as always, your support means so much. Uh, the way to support this always free podcast is to try one of the Pete's Picks. Um, and we have a new one. That just started this pa- this past week, which is Ritual. Welcome to the club, Ritual. Multivitamins delivered directly to your door. Uh, this was founded by a woman who, when she got pregnant, looked for prenatal vitamins that she could trust mm. and that didn't have uh, gross fillers or GMOs or sugars, artificial colors, all that stuff yeah, um, that hard. her body could absorb. Couldn't find it, so she literally just went out and founded Ritual um, for men and women. They uh, they have I take the eighteen plus men's because I am over eighteen <laughs> but under fifty. So you sign up for a subscription. The problem is, obviously, do you really know what's in your multivitamin? There's sugars, there's GMO ingredients, and my least favorite thing is they make them like chalky horse pills overstuffed with too much stuff because it's going to go into your belly, it's going to be digested, it's going to be digested in the belly, which is not where you want it. You want it in the lower intestine. Mm. So they made a delayed release capsule that's minty. So it's actually a pleasure to take. It tastes good. And because it's uh, time-released, it doesn't get broken down until it's in your lower intestine, which is where it, it's absorbed. Nice. So I've taken like a zinc supplement, for example, on an empty stomach, and I've thrown up because my, my stomach just wasn't ready for it because I didn't have any food. Yeah. And I do intermittent fasting, which means I don't eat my first meal until lunch. So this is finally a multivitamin that I can take in the morning because of this time-released formula, which I love. Um, there's no, it's vegan, which I love as I'm 90% vegan. There's no animal byproducts like sheep's wool or gelatin, which obviously Mm -hmm. is made from hooves and hides, which is disgusting. Ritual is not your typical multivitamin. It's clean. It's vegan. It's, uh, with key nutrients that you need, uh, specifically for men, they saw that men were favoring exercise and neglecting nutrition. So this multivitamin is specifically designed in my case for men and the things that we are missing. And as a 90% vegan, I'm missing some things that I would be getting from eating uh, hooves and animal face. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love taking it, as I mentioned, because it doesn't upset my stomach and it uh, makes you know gets in you, and I'm ready to face my day. Face my day. Face oh, my day. I also like that the subscription model uh, makes it a no-brainer. It just comes to the door. I always have more. I always know that it's coming, and that even motivates me to take it and make it, dare I say, a ritual. It's formulated with key nutrients, including vitamin D3, uh, especially helpful when it's not so sunny, to help fill gaps in the diet. Their fresh-tasting delayed-release capsule are designed to dissolve later in less sensitive areas of the stomach, as I mentioned, so you can take them without food. It's also traceable. Ritual is made traceable, which means you'll always know where the nutrients come from, thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. It's designed with different life stages in mind, meaning they have it for women, 18+, plus, women, 50+, plus. same for men. They even have it for teens. They even have it for kids, four and up, which is uh, a gummy that I'm definitely going to get Leela on for sure. They're scientifically developed to help support different life stages. As I mentioned, they're delivered to your 
your door every month with free shipping, always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. So, you deserve health-promoting, good multivitamins. You deserve to know what's in your multivitamin, and that's why Ritual is offering weirdos 10% off your, uh, during your first three months. 10% off for the first three months. Go to Ritual, R-I-T-U-A-L dot com slash weird to start your ritual today. Side note, I added you to the subscription. Oh, hey. So you'll get to start. That's and that was super easy. I know that oh. sounds silly, but it, was, it wasn't like the whole checkout process again. I just went to manage my subscription. I added the women's and it, and it was as easy as it could be. Thanks for doing that. I'm, it's, it's such a no brainer. Like take your vitamins. You yeah. need your vitamins. Yeah. And you need vitamins that you can actually absorb and that don't make you puke zinc. Yes. And I have a very <laughs> sensitive tummy, so I really appreciate that. Me too. That. So go to ritual.com slash weird, uh, do yourself a favor and we really appreciate it. Show your support for the podcast. Also, as you guys know, I've been trying Babbel, or at this point, I'm just using and loving Babbel. Babbel is a language learning software that is different from any language learning program that I've ever tried. I've always wanted to learn another language, or in my case, brush up on a language that I studied in grade and high school. But the last time I decided to give it a try, I spent hours learning, you know, this random vocab words that I knew I'd never use. Babbel, completely different. It teaches you phrases you'll actually use in real life, even slang. I love things like that. You don't say con permiso, mm. which is what it really is to when you say excuse me to go around somebody. You just say permiso. Ah. Little tips like that. Get yeah. you in the know. Permiso. So much cooler. Yeah. If you're interested in learning a new language, in my case, I love it for brain elasticity, staying young, staying vital, staying vibrant in your brain. You know your reason why. It could be to feel connected to a culture, get a promotion at work, uh, maybe just to keep your brain sharp, as in my case. Babbel is learning language for everyone, whatever your reason. Uh, It's 10 to 15 minute lessons. It's not a big part of my day. Quick, easy, fun. You start with words and phrases, then sentences get gradually more complex, and soon you'll be practicing short conversations. Speaking of which, it's it's software, but they have interactive dialogue and speech recognition technology that helps you improve your pronunciation and your accent so you feel confident when you speak. And the lessons are created by real language experts, not some machine learning algorithm or AI technology. They're created by real human language experts. So you learn practical, real-world conversations. They have over 10 million subscriptions. And you can choose from 14 different languages. I went with Spanish. You can also use French, Italian, German. Choose from the 14. Choose. Choose. You have to. <laughs> That's the step. That's the step. I can't do that for you. <laughs> yeah. Speak the language like you've always wanted to with Babbel. Right now, Babbel is offering our listeners three months free with a purchase of three months using promo code PETE. That's babbel.com, promo code Pete, for on your three-month subscription, B-A-B-B-E-L.com, and use promo code Pete. Babbel. Language for life. Lengua por vida. Ooh. And last but certainly not least, one of our original Pete's Picks, that's it right here on my desk, on it, Alpha Brain, uh, helps support memory and focus. It is a nootropic. It's like fish food for your noggin. It is earth-grown nutrients that go to your brain to give it what it needs to function at its peak performance. I swear by it. The past six years now, 
I've always had in my coat pocket. I have it on my desk. I have it in my car. I haven't written a script or done stand-up or a podcast or even just gone on a date with Val without taking Alpha Brain. It's not a stimulant. It's not like caffeine. It doesn't make me feel edgy. In fact, sometimes I take it before bed because it gives me trippy-ass dreams that I remember, <laughs> and I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps you focus. It helps you concentrate. helps you access information. helps you access your vocabulary and communicate more clearly. I wish I had this stuff in school. I'm so glad I have it now. Uh, it's a real, real, real game changer, and I'm so grateful to Onnit for their sponsorship. You even got my mom on it. I know your mom texted me and was like, "What is the promo code for Onnit?" Because she she's uh, she has a job. She's a communicator. She's a communicator. She's working. Yeah. She wants to that added edge, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so happy to get you onto this." Send her some Alpha Brain for Christmas. So go to Onnit O N N I T dot com slash weird. You'll see a bunch of different products there. They're all wonderful. You'll definitely see Alpha Brain on there. Get yourself some Alpha Brain. Show your support of the podcast. It really means a lot to us, as this is all we're able to do in this weird and funky time. Yep. So we appreciate uh, you showing your support in that way and supporting yourself. So get some ritual, get some Alpha Brain, and uh, get to babble and learn some language. Those are three brain body health things yeah good wellness in general and remember ritual it's not a promo code just go to uh ritual.com slash weird there's no promo code oh nice that's it that's it all right i made a heart out of play-doh and you made something else out of play-doh during the episode but you have to listen to find out to find out what you freak oh my god <laughs> very jane lynch i you keep comparing me to her and I, now i don't know how to feel about it i just like it all right i can see her being like you freaks <laughs> i mean she's like one of the funniest people alive i think i the people the listeners of this podcast can be my witnesses i'm pretty sure almost every intro you say that i'm like jane lynch leave it in the comments below there is no comment box below. <laughs> That's so Jane Lynch. <laughs> Get into it. Ooh, very Jane Lynch. Started over. I'm I'm doing a rusted root cover. Remember that? Sure you do. Well, I don't recognize it. Simi Moe. Yes, I know And then that. at one point he goes... Yeah, yeah, that's sounding right. You know what never never works for me? Um, singing Rusted Root. <laughs> Burn. No, when people make jokes like about some actor or some band, it's like, oh, yeah, the Rusted Root. I, I love those guys. Served me a coffee the other day. You know what I mean? You know that like, that category of joke? Is that the like because you haven't heard of them? Yeah, because I mean, where have they been them? since like 1994? Yeah. So you're like like I remember somebody told me that they uh were at a bar and they were trying to be a musician and the musician uh sorry, the bartender was a musician and he was like I don't I don't want, I don't think he was the bass player because I think the bass player is the lead singer in this group, but he was in Space Hog. Uh-huh. And he was like, it's a tough racket. And he was like, yeah, whatever. And he's like, no, I, I, I'm in Space Hog. Wow. And that uh, well, so that doesn't give me any joy. It, no. It bums me out when of people course. are like, see? It's- see, go for your dreams. 
That's like, what people like. They want to poo-poo it. Yeah, because... They, and I don't mean a platter. Yeah. I love a poo-poo platter. Well, there was the whole thing about, um, is it, what was his name? Yeah, Elton. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's come up a lot. See, we're, this is the podcast people tune into. They're like, we know they're going to hit the current events. <laughs> What's going on in the world? I got to check it out. It's been a crazy week. I know Pete and Val are going to be talking about what we want to talk about, which is a six-month-old story of the actor who played Elton on The Cosby Show bagging groceries at Trader Joe's. We're giving, give me something good. Damn it, damn it, damn it. So for those of you who have never listened to this, this special edition, we have our babysitter. We didn't have her last week. Yeah, so we we this truly is a special thing because we haven't actually oh. we've actually haven't had her for two weeks, which is why we haven't done the podcast for two weeks. Not yeah. because it was Christmas and New Year that had nothing to do with it. <laughs> we right, just, we would have done it, but we, we have no break. It. Yeah, it really is uh, the blessing blessing stroke curse. It's not a curse, but like all we do is take care of Lee, which is the greatest in the world. In fact. If we have another baby, I'm like, I'm going to have a pretend quarantine and just try to ha- do as little as possible Yeah. for these first uh, couple years. Yeah. And I, I think parents everywhere would agree that that is like a silver lining of this weird time. I would have missed so much. Like today, just now, mm-hmm. uh, Iris was coming and I said to Leela, just today, just 10 minutes ago, mm-hmm. I said, Leela, would you let Brody in? She was on the couch, and she did. Wow. She got up off the couch, yes. opened the door, opened the screen door, let the dog in, closed both doors, oh and came back. God. And I was like, I think that's the first time, uh, like, in that formal, like, really, I'm asking you to do something. She enthusiastically says, okay, and then she does it. Yeah. That Leela like, did something like a person, like you could yes. say, Hey, can you help me with this? Like she does, but this was like really a clear example of it. It was really yeah, cool. Yeah. I remember Moshe saying a similar thing, or I think around the time that their daughter was Leela's age, he told the story of stepping in dog shit, like the dog pooped on the carpet and he stepped in it and he told her, can you go get some toilet paper? And she did. <laughs> and he was like, this was the first that's the first time I realized she's a member of this family. That's what or it she was. She really felt like a member of the family. And Brody was going to be barking a lot because Iris was going to be coming, and I was trying to avoid that. And we did avoid it because she did it. And I was like, we're a little fam. Yeah, we're a little family. We're together here. And she did it so enthusiastically. I've been having these really great moments with her lately. Is this interesting to anyone? Um, Elton. He was bagging groceries. Why are people hating on that? I know. It re- just the, the reason why I brought that up was because it, it was baffling to me that people were taking joy out of that. No, Val, that. it's an eternal issue, even though that's out of the news cycle. Other stuff is in. Yeah. Um, Boy, is it ever. Like people putting down people that follow some sort of the risks, mm-hmm. the risk takers. It's in the movie Soul. Which we've seen probably 12 oh, times now. Oh, friends, get ready for us to quote Soul a, a million times. You thought we quoted Moana a lot. You thought we sang Moana too many songs. be listening to me quote Soul. Sorry. <laughs> no, it was worth it. <laughs> Moana, Moana me quote Soul? Yes. <gasps> Moana, 
be there. Not gonna, no, I was going to try and do Moana be there. It doesn't work. You think no. it will. Moana, Moana, Moana going to work here anymore. <laughs> oh, my okay. God. Um, We're having fun. Obviously. I'm sh- I think somebody recommended Soul to us, like a fan. Like you, At this point, you guys know us so well. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Pete and Val are going to go nuts for this one. And we did. And we did. People, uh, people messaged me quite a bit being like, you have to comment on Soul. And, and, and the long and the short is I love it. Yeah. It was incredible. I think it was very well done. We had a, this is not a, I don't think it's a spoiler, but the most memorable, we actually watched it. What a credit or what a testament to how much we love Pixar. We knew we were going to be watching it with Leela yeah. over and over and over. Yeah. She calls it the cat one. She calls, she calls it the Olaf fall down there. Yeah, because <laughs> the soul looks like Olaf to her. And he Jamie Foxx's soul looks kind of like Olaf with a hat yeah. and glasses. And he um, falls like through space at one point. So. She loves falling down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell she's the only person we've been hanging out with? Yeah. Can you help us? <laughs> Can this be a call-in show? We want to talk to somebody. We should make it a call-in show. Oh, my God. That's nuts. I mean, who's going to man the switchboard? <laughs> who's going to woman? Woman the switchboard. Because <laughs> that's, that's woman's work. It sounds, it sounds like I'm being progressive. Switchboards is uh, Smoking Women, played by Christian Schaal in the pilot of Mad Men. Yep. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, the, the most memorable part for me, obviously, I'm, there's no spoiler here, but there's a moment where confronted by the voices of doubt, the, the soul, am I boring? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god! No. Just you... a straight up yawn in my face. <laughs> well, you know I didn't sleep well. I'm very tired. Yeah, I understand. So it's sort of this moment where it's like, who are you to be in this realm? You can't talk to the, the 22 mm-hmm. and all the voices of doubt. And what he does is he holds up the little seed that fell from a tree. Yeah. And that's what grants him access to like reach the other soul. Yeah. For those of you that have seen it. Uh, you know what I mean. For those of you who haven't, I'm almost done. But I paused it. It was the only time I paused it during the movie. And I said, you know, in the story of Buddha, Siddhartha, um, he's, it's a very, very similar. It's a parallel story uh, to Christ in the desert. Um, Christ is, is, the devil gives him like three challenges, basically, um, to, before he can assume his ministry. Like, who are you? Don't you want to feed people? Don't you want to be famous? Uh, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Buddha has a similar story where I don't know if it's a, a devil character. I don't know how it's, um, you know, anthropomorphized. But it's the, the voice of doubt. It's mm-hmm. like, who are you to become awake? Mm-hmm. And the Buddha touches the earth mm-hmm. and says, the earth is my witness. The earth, mm-hmm. it's like saying, being a part of this makes me eligible to become all of it like yes. like it's realizing the the interconnectivity between the earth and buddha and everything yeah so you'll see some prayer flags and stuff that have buddha on it sharon salzberg said this at one of the retreats where buddha is touching the earth mm. i always remember that so when we have those moments of like self-doubt who are you to become enlightened who are you to be a child of god who are you to shine mm. who are you to be on the Cosby show. You don't, you know, you could end up bagging groceries. Yeah. I am a, I'm a human being. I, I, I didn't come into this earth. I came out of this earth. Yes. I am this earth. Yes. It's like one body. And you're being here is your ticket stamped 
to being anything and everything. Yes. And I don't just mean vocationally. I mean, like, you can wake up to your oneness. Right. That's what holiness is, your wholeness. You're you're all of it. Yeah. And that moment in soul, I don't, I'd love to have Peter Doctor on this podcast. Berbiglia knows him and I'm trying. Oh, um, he knows him. Yeah. And Berbiglia worked a couple days on it. He did? Yeah, he's in the special thanks. Oh my God, that's so cool. Yeah. And I, I, I was like, I wonder if that moment is sort of informed by that story. I don't know. Yeah. Just it's, like, who are you? I'm the one who noticed the tree. Yeah. Because like, in that moment where you're enraptured by sun twinkling, which I've done in New York, where you see a tree yeah. so noble standing in all the chaos. But there it is. It was there before that city. Sometimes I planted there. Obviously, uh, Central Park was imported. Mm. But some of them, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. They're old. Yeah. And they're there. Yeah. And they are you. And just as it's rooted to the earth, you are rooted to the earth. And that yeah. seed landing on your hand is a little reminder. Mm-hmm. So I paused it and said that, and we both just started crying. Yeah. We had to, <laughs> like, pause for for pretty severe weeping multiple times throughout that yeah. movie. Um, I love that so much. And it really is. I just started Tara Brock's book called Radical Acceptance, mm. um, which is... It's basically about self-worth. That's like her main work um, is this this feeling of like unworthiness. And this is going to sound kind of shitty, but at first I was like, I don't know. Is that my thing? Like, I know, I know I have some self-worth issues, but like that doesn't feel like my main wound. And then like the more I was listening to, to it, the more I realized like that is, I think that's under... Everything. Everything. For everyone. Everyone yeah. has that question of like, who are you? Who, who am I to do this? Right. And, and that she, she, I'm, I've just started it. So she mentions in the book that, um, even single celled organisms, even, even, it sounded like you said Ian single celled organisms. <laughs> oh, I know Ian. <laughs> yeah. You know, Ian, Ian from the, organism? the Minnesota single cell organism. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know the uh, single cell organism family. Um, even. even single celled organisms like like set boundaries and and like defend themselves. Basically, that is where separation begins. Mm. And in that separateness is where we we feel deficient because that separateness isn't the truth. Right. And where it that deficiency becomes unworthiness, basically. I was just listening to, uh, you know, I've been listening to East Forest lately, and his Ramdas album is great. And there's one where he talks about Ramdas over beautiful East Forest music, talks about separateness being where fear and loneliness and yeah. suffering all comes. R- Richie, Richie Rohr talks about like, when you wake up to your interconnectivity, you're never lonely again. I love how mm-hmm. sort of simple he makes that. Mm-hmm. And when I'm feeling lonely or thinking the thing that I need is if I complete this step, this step, this step, and then I'll be good. Mm-hmm. The example I always give is when I'm rocking Lee, when she goes down to sleep, then I can be happy. Mm-hmm. It's such a wonderful grounding practice to be like, no, this is it. If yeah. you're pr- if you're present, you'll you'll feel the presence. Yeah. I do want to say, as I'm saying this, I'm annoyed by the sound that I never know what it is. 
our, our wonderful yeah. neighbors who are like our friends. We, we love them. Super cool. They're the great. There's nothing against our neighbors. There's always this high pitch sort of sound. I think it's I a vacuum. Think, maybe, maybe <laughs> the degree to which you're uncomfortable with leaf blowers is a great way to know how stressed and separate and fearful and anxious you are. If a leaf blower is really bothering me Mm -hmm. to quote Richie, as I always quote him in this, it's not the leaf blower. The the leaf blower occasioned me to get in touch with my fear, my loneliness, my anger Mm -hmm. and my separateness. Mm -hmm. And certainly we're all, we're all dealing with a lot of that right now. Um, there was another thing about the, Oh, So going back to this unworthiness thing, I really kind of had this moment since it's the new year and I was thinking about... um, Oh yeah, happy new year. Happy new year. Uh, I was thinking about like resolutions and and even intention setting. And I'm going to say something bold, but I'm really going to stand behind it. I'll say at least for this year, the frame of mind that I'm in right now is I'm I'm done with self-improvement. Oh, I love that. I really realize that for me, the belief behind self-improvement is I'm not good enough already. Mm-hmm. And and I'm broken and I'm fragmented and I'm not whole. Mm. And that the way that I go about even I'll even use mindfulness as self-improvement. And the way that I go about that is like fueled by f- Fear. Like I'm, I'm like trying to outrun myself. Like if I don't grow and heal constantly, then I'm going to, whatever the thing is, I'm going to, you know, be a sad, broken old person. Mm. Like that's like what I'm most afraid of or something. Mm. Um, so that's why I'm reading this radical acceptance book, because it's all about just fully accepting life as it is fully accepting yourself as it is being the one who is lived Mm. uh not taking your feelings your emotions and your thoughts personally like isn't that huge yeah she talks about it in the first two chapters so it's like clearly a big piece of it is that we feel anxiety and we immediately snatch it and call it my anxiety I am an anxious person. Right. Um, And make it like the identity. I mean, our ego loves it because we make it a part of our identity and it's just stacking the building blocks of our identity. Okay, now we have anxiety. That's us. Mm. It doesn't care if it's painful or not. It is something to feed our identity. It's a shirt for it to wear. Yeah. And I've just been, I just had a great conversation with a few of my friends last night talking about like, we actually ran around, this is really like kind of heavy, but it was beautiful. We went around and told like sad stories of things that our grandmothers went through mm. kind of as uh, this exercise in recognizing that like epigenetically speaking, we're holding all of that. Like we're holding the stuff that our mothers went through, the stuff that our fathers went through, the stuff that their parents went through. Specifically this generation, too, I think, because this feels like the first generation where people have the resources to heal. (laughs) To this extent. To this extent. So um, 
Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a broad generalization. There's been a lot of people. I'm sure my grandmother on my mother's side thought my mother had just a garden of Eden of resources to heal and recover. But I don't know if we really valued that until... Certainly not them. (laughs) I, I mean, I don't know, but I don't think that was like... It's the hierarchy of needs. I don't think they were, they were about like, can you get stable? Yes. And then I think what happened was it's like, can you get, this is broad strokes. Of course, everybody's family is different, but it's like, can you get stable? We're unhappy because we are, uh, we're not, our needs aren't being met. And then it's like the fifties kind of happened where, you know, economically speaking, most people in the country were. Comfortable. Well, that's where we got like better, better life through chemistry. So we had a lot of like food. This is where we get processed food, mm. but that was feeding a lot of people. Yeah. We also had processed food is obviously a negative term, but we also had a lot of improvements with farming and stuff. Not all of it perfect, but we weren't worried about feeding ourselves as much. Right. And the industrial age like led to like machines doing more work for us and like right. household equipment, making things easier. And, you know, um, and I think it was like a time in our economy that it was people, it was the middle class was like thriving. Yeah. I I think the, I I am not an expert on this at all, but like, I feel like as soon as we had the nuclear, yeah, nuclear, nuclear, no, nuclear. (laughs) Now you're making me question it. The like weirdo family idea. (laughs) Then you had consumerism. And I'm not even saying that in a, a negative way because uh, we're watching so much West Wing. I'm like, well, you know, we do have this sort of weird mythology of like buy more, but all of that money creates all these billions that do go to like foreign aid and they go to this and this and this. So yeah. they, it can be used for good. Yeah. So the candy pink stove and the and yes. the sparkling floor and the and the white shirts and all these different things things we never thought we needed yeah. now we're living in the suburbs and now we're all fed so now we have new concerns like does your bathtub tub sparkle right but that it, led to a, a better economy right and so what I where I was going with that is I feel like that was the first generation where it was like a lot of people were finally economically comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then as Mad Men just so brilliantly shows, then those people had the incredible lonely experience of realizing that they still were living in pain. Well, that's that's okay, soul number 2. So, it's I don't think it's a spoiler, but he plays a gig that he had been dreaming of. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about this many, many times, maybe not on this podcast, but when I'm on other people's podcasts, maybe more. The feeling of I set the goal of doing Conan by the time I was 30. I always joke I was 31 because my divorce sort of <laughs> took up a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did it. And then you just, you drive home and you take a poop and, <laughs> and you like make toast. Yeah. And you, and he has that experience. It's another reason yeah. why that movie is brilliant is you're like, it's what we're saying. Wholeness mm-hmm. and happiness. This is very, sounds very Hallmark channel, but the only, how you feel right now is how you feel about your life. Right. Mm. So the only time to be happy or fulfilled is right now. Mm -hmm. So he's thinking he's going to play the show. I think I'm going to do Conan and everything is going to click in and you're going to realize I found the ocean when realize you're just in a a lot of water. Yeah. And the wise old fish knows that a lot of water is the ocean and the ocean is really just an idea 
but there in the water is is okay. Yeah. That's what it is. It's okay. Yeah. It comes and it goes. Yeah. And the good feelings come and the bad feelings come and remaining like a stone in all of that Mm. and just finding an inner reserve of source Mm -hmm. is, is really is the ticket because there's good shows and there's bad shows. I did. Sorry. Am I interrupting? No, go ahead. I did a a zoom show with Mikey uh, and I really enjoyed it. But then afterwards I was reminded just how my old life, I spent so much time worrying what other people thought about me, which of course is, is a real, it's the Achilles heel of the achiever. So I did the show. We did two shows. The second show was a little bit different from the first show. And I was like, for hours and hours and hours afterwards, I was like, well, I could have done this. I could have done that. And I just didn't know how to even follow my own advice and just Mm -hmm. go like, well, it's not happening. It says in the Tao Te Ching, do your work and be done with it. I was like, well, easier said than done. My subconscious for decades has trained itself, even with a social interaction to replay it endlessly mm-hmm. what could I have said did I offend them and all that stuff you dropped your ring Mm-mm. You I dropped play-doh I've been squeezing play-doh this oh, whole time I moved it sorry that's all right yeah uh, what I th- but the thought was this is a bullshit way to live yeah and that's a weird thing to feel after you did two really fun shows with Mikey but I was like I do not miss it goes back to what you're saying the, the self-improvement the criticizing myself endlessly going, I could have been a little bit faster. I could have done this joke or that joke. I should have laughed more at his jokes or I I should have done new stuff. So he didn't know what I was going to say all this stuff. And I just really felt so down on myself. Yeah. And I was like, I, I called Mikey and I was like, I don't even know exactly what I mean by this, but I'm like, stand up is a very hot sword. It's mm-hmm. a sword and it'll cut through bad feelings and give you a thrill, but it's like hot in your hand. Mm. And when you put it down, you still feel it. You can still see wow. the ring marks from the grip on your hand. And wow. it's not so easy to put down and forget. Yeah. So that I said to him, I was like, this is why I eat every dessert on the green room menu at the Orlando Improv. Uh-huh. This is why I used to get drunk. Yeah. It, I'm not saying it, it, it justifies it. I'm saying... It's not stand up isn't just doing stand up it's dealing with an avalanche of self criticism and feelings and even self analysis if it's not as intense as self criticism mm. but you're analyzing it it's mm. like i am not equating myself but when i watch movies like amadeus and on one level you can be like look at mozart he can play anything and i'm like this motherfucker can't stop. Yeah. He can't yeah, stop. He doesn't, compulsion. he doesn't like sip lemonade on the porch. He hears the way the ice clinks and he goes, da, 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 and that's yeah. a gift. Yeah. Just like the poet. He gets his heart broken and writes an incredible poem. And, and I forget who said this, but he did the podcast. He was a poet. And he was like asking for another poem is wishing more heartbreak on the poet. Mm. And you're like asking for a new hour of standup. It's not heartbreak, but it's like, it, it, it's the most fun and it's also just kind of I wish I could figure out a way to do it and just let it lie yeah. just be like I did it it was what it was but of course sorry I'm talking so much being a kid and being in an un, un, uh, unpredictable home environment I was doing that too I was like well that was a good dinner that was a good set uh, right. how can I control it tomorrow there was yeah. never a moment to just be like of course I'm obsessed with 
just being and finding a deeper infinite source to rest in because out here and make no mistake, stand up, writing scripts, shooting TV. It's all, it's a control orgy. It's like, I want to be in control of when these people listen, when they laugh, when I was shooting crashing, there would be loud motorcycles and someone would go and pay them to stop. It was just like, I don't mean power. I mean control. Uh And I was like, wow, this is what I always wanted. If I could have a superpower, it would be to make the world more controllable. Yeah. And this still happens. I, I took leave for a very long nap drive today. She didn't go down, which, which you know, it was what it was. It was a little frustrating. Mm-hmm. But, like, a guy with a Trump flag just, like, really aggressively cut me off Ugh. in the middle of a park where kids are running. And so you can see I'm even doing it now. I'm building the story. Yeah. The reason I'm going slow is, one, to get Lee to go to sleep. But, two, because literally several times in this drive I had to stop because babies ran out close to the street and I, I had to be alert yeah. and this guy passed me on the right <laughs> he passes on the right and then I oh. see the Trump flag and I'm like ah and I was like this is a different point but I really wanted to make this point and then I'm going to put it back to my love I'm sorry no please I didn't even think I felt chatty today <laughs> I was like all I do when I drive is I look at women and I think are they attractive mm-hmm. I go what it what oh what are they like mm, right mm-hmm. and I look at other things and I assess whether they're a threat Trump sticker aggressive driver yeah. you know he's probably a, a maniac mm-hmm. you know like, yeah. all these things I don't know yeah. I, I I have family members that I get along with very well that uh, you know sort of misinformedly meaning they're not the most informed people, but they supported Trump, mm-hmm. right? Or they voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. And and I love them. Mm-hmm. But in this moment, he's just a blue Jeep and he's an asshole. Mm-hmm. And there's a woman and she looks attractive. And this one, not so much. And that's a threat. And this isn't a threat. And, I'm, and I just go, my favorite prayer, as I always say, is just, Lord, have mercy. So Richie, in his Sermon on the Mount talk, which I quote constantly, I really recommend it. He's talking about, Jesus talks about new wine, being poured into old wineskins and you need new wineskins. Mm-hmm. And he's like, basically what Richie is saying is to receive the gospel, to receive the good news that mm-hmm. it's all one. We're all already home, that it's, mm-hmm. you're already an inherent and beloved son or daughter of God. Mm-hmm. You need a new container. Yeah. And I keep pouring the gospel into the same wineskin that's going, she looks like a good roll in the hay. Yeah. He looks like an asshole. And I just go, this is when you just have to, I have to surrender and mm-hmm. just go, I can't do it. And and then some point in the ride, instead of looking at threats or, or attractive people, I just look at the trees and I just say, Lord, have mercy. Not to be a good boy mm-hmm. and not look at boobies, mm-hmm. but to look at the other abundant life. Because what is boobs? Boobs is just abundant life. It, yeah. There's nothing wrong yeah. with virility. There's nothing wrong with a drive to procreate. Mm-hmm. We were laughing that um, in hip-hop, they, they brag so much about sex in, in a lot of hip-hop, and really they're just talking about what an aggressive gene they are. <laughs> like, if you put the subtitles on, it's like, see me? I'm so virile, there's going to be more of me. I'm going to multiply. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get everybody pregnant. There yeah. will be more of me. Yeah. The energy you are seeing, there will be more of it. And they obviously they're just saying wet-ass pussy or whatever, but they're saying, I'm a fuck. I'm going to get people pregnant. Yeah. There's going to be more 
of me. Yeah. And actually, Stephen Mitchell, he says in uh, the Gospel According to Jesus, he's like, being attracted to something, you can say, Chaim, it's a good thing. Oh. I try. It's like, it's the charge of life. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong. I'm not moralizing the fact that I look at butts and boobies while I'm hiking because I'm bored. Mm-hmm. So I'm not looking at the tree to be like, be a good boy, be a spiritual boy and look at a tree. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at a tree and trying to recognize the tits and the ass of a tree. Mm-hmm. It too is absorbing light and water and air and growing. It has the same yearning to exist that human bodies do. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is I'm, I'm, I'm on the record. I'm waiting for grace. I can't do it myself. I need a, a, a full transformation. Mm. Ramdas says, your brain is your karma. Mm. Your brain is what's clouding. The, the well, work that you have to do, your brain is obstructing a clear view of God. Yes. And I don't mean a man in the clouds. I mean this that we're soaking in. And my brain that's going, there's a Trump flag. He's probably an asshole. Or there's this. That is my karma. And I can't do it. So I, I'm practicing trying to surrender and saying, I can't. I can't just willpower my way through this. I always go back to Richie saying, patience and humility, patience and humility, patience and humility, and surrender. And just being like, this is what I'm working with. Let, let's, let's let it be renewed. That's it. That's, well, that's exactly what I am saying with the radical acceptance. That's exactly what it is. And my way of coming to I'm sorry, to Val, it, we're out of time. <laughs> done with this. <laughs> I felt like such an a-hole for talking so long. Um, Please go forever. Uh, well, I... You interrupted me and now oh. I lost my train of thought. Okay, no. Oh, perfect. This will be exhibit A in our, in in our, our divorce hearing. <laughs> but then we'll realize that we love each other again. Ooh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I feel like my experience is very similar with this, and I've come to the same conclusion recently, but my experience with it is, um, well, before I say that, let me just say, in case I forget, the, I, I am now thinking about the new wineskins differently. Like, it, could, I, I, it does mean what you're saying. And I'm thinking, with what I've been going through lately, and this is going to be no surprise with anybody, to anybody, my old wineskin is processing the world and my reality through my brain, and my new wineskin is practicing it through my body. So that is the way that I can access it for me, and mm. everybody's different. So I just wanted to say that. Put that over there. Okay. I like that. I would. I thought you were going to say soul. I I like I can get to the soul. It's it's sometimes very. I would say it's almost always really hard for me to just like go from my brain to the soul, but I can go from my brain to the body and from my body to my soul. Well, there. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted, I think we're saying the same thing. That's what Ekitol says, going, feeling the energy in your hands, even when you're in a conversation yeah. is a good way to stay grounded. He might, he wouldn't say to your soul, he'd say to your being mm-hmm. or to your witness or whatever. But that that's it. That's what we always say, the panoramic gaze. Mm-hmm. I can see... I sort of did the work when I saw the guy cut me off. I was like, people have to drive like me? Mm-hmm. Or people aren't allowed to be other than I am? Mm-hmm. Like, is that true? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. no, no, it's not. Well, for me, I don't do that as much. I do that some. I would do the same thing if a Trump 
person uh, cut me off. And I certainly have been doing it uh, with the white supremacists that stormed the Capitol, Capitol yesterday um, and feeling very angry and can really easily fall into the trap of the ego trip of like, <laughs> I'm so I'm so clearly on the right side of this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I want to talk about that more, but I, yeah, write it down. Uh, but I do want to get this out. <laughs> I just wrote down scapegoat. Yeah. Um, Not to say that those, we'll get into it. Okay. So my, but my version of that is it's less judgmental about external people and surroundings and really judgmental about my own experience and I have been in this place kind of throughout the whole pandemic, but off and on. But I, this has been like, this has been my quarantine lesson is that I, the thing that my brain has chosen to obsess about, which is a privilege that this is what it gets to obsess about, um, meaning I don't have to worry about like my job or survival or, uh, you know. Heat. Yeah. <laughs> um I get to, uh, my brain is looking for something to obsess about and it is obsessing about how I feel and being like very scared and hyper vigilant about my own feelings. Yeah. So I'm just like in this constant state of madness of like, how do I feel? Okay. I think I feel good. Oh my gosh. I'm feeling anxious. Why do I feel anxious? I was just feeling good. Okay. Now I'm really sad. What's going on. Why do I feel everything all the time, all day? I'm feeling too much. This is exhausting. I don't want to do this. I hate this. And it's, it's the constant thing that I come back to is if I am experiencing my emotions that way, that means that I am my, I am identifying with my mind's interpretation of my body's experience. Mm-hmm. So I am letting my mind take over the feelings. And it's it just totally misunderstands my body's system. It's like looking at the brain as a tool yeah. that you use to interpret things, but it takes over. It takes over. And every time I am able to... Be like, okay, thank you, mind, for your input and drop into my felt experience in my body. I'm like, there's no problem here. Yes, I feel immense sensation, but that's okay. I feel with how you're feeling. Yeah, like I'll feel there's clearly problems in the world. Uh, Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just making sure people know that that's what you mean. But thank you. No, thank you for that. Obviously, there are lots of there's huge problems, but Uh, your feelings, there's no problem. Yes, because I am looking at my own emotions and thoughts constantly as problems that need to be fixed. This is why I'm swearing off self-improvement, because that was just reinforcing that. And like, yes, there is anxiety there's anxiety a lot of the time, maybe more often than not in this body, mm-hmm. but it's not personal and it's not permanent. And that's what I was saying with the gra- the stories of the grandmothers. What we were realizing is sitting as four women together, masked outside, <laughs> we were like, look at what all of our mothers went through. Look at what all of our grandmothers went through. Look at what all of the women before us went through. And how they had no resources to to let that stuff out. 
and it just got trapped in their bodies. And then we inherited it. And then our good friend Caroline said this was so brilliant. She's like, I don't know about reincarnation, but I do think that these cells have been recycled and they have memory. So you have the pain that your cells remember. Olaf? <laughs> yeah. It's in Frozen too. <laughs> but yes. Water is memory. Yeah, and you're made of water and water has memory. And then you have the collective pain body of all of humankind and us specifically have the collective pain body of women and all of the things that women, all the rape and all of the uh, oppression and the burning of witches and all of this. And so all of that is to say the freedom in that is if I'm feeling anxiety, like pick the thousands of reasons why that anxiety is in my body. It's not personal. That's right. It's just there. And right. and it makes perfect sense that that's part of the human experience. And like, so if it's not personal, I don't have to then trap that energy in my body, kidnap it and go, you're mine. Right. I want you to go, but I'm not letting it go. Right. Why won't you leave? And I'm clinging to it. That's brilliant. It's like, you just let it come up and out. How many times am I going to learn this lesson? I think over and over, over, and, over. and over. Yeah. I've been thinking about what you've been saying a lot in terms of humility, because like if someone like at the Mikey show didn't like a joke, I told who do I think I am Yeah, that I don't have the humility to tolerate a reality where someone didn't like a joke. I told, mm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I told a jo- I told the joke that you said, and I wrote down, I tweaked it. But that centaurs are the ultimate female fantasy. I want to have sex with a horse, but I don't want to kiss a horse. (laughs) And I thought that was brilliant. So I said that. And then somebody tweeted, rightfully, Mm -hmm. hey, my kids are in the room. What are you doing talking about having sex with horses? And I'm like, all right. They probably also think that they're just being, like, funny. I mean, that's one of the ways it could be. I mean, let's not even, well, that's the work. Yeah. If you're upset by that and you go, like, I know what people mean when they tweet something. Mm -hmm. Like, is that true? Right. You're absolutely right. They could yeah. have been saying like, whoa, 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 like kind of like a good natured, yep. my kids are in the room, but yeah. they're, they're loving it. Yeah. Um, who knows? But also, really, I need to stop and look at who I think I am, that I am such a golden boy, yeah. such, a, such a perfect thing that I can't even tolerate someone being like, I didn't care for that. Yeah. Or, or if um, I Instagram something about Mulaney. Because I, I was like thinking about him, and I, I, Dave Rath texted me three photos of us, and I was like, I'm going to Instagram those and just say sending love to Mulaney. And then a number of the people in the comments, meaning like two or three, were yeah. like upset that I had called attention to his being in rehab or whatever it might have been. Yeah. And then I, I, I was embarrassed, but I also think I was sort of looking for that salty. Yeah. I was looking for that. Uh-huh. Not that specifically, but somewhere in my life, I was looking for the rush of a of a nasty, uh-huh. and I got it, a rush of a nasty. Uh-huh. And you help you help me figure it out. It's like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Like who who do you think you are that it's not okay that someone disagrees with you? And it really came back to humility. Yeah. And it, it can also be like, who do you think you are that you can't 
feel anxiety. You're part of a tapestry that goes back generations. Yeah. It's, you're not supposed to feel clear and perfect all the time. That's not what this, this is about. No one has. Jennifer, my therapist. No one has. Says that probably to me every week. She's clearly trying to like <laughs> gently uh, speak to this part of me. But she's like, people think that they, she's like, it's entitlement to think that you should be exempt she doesn't say it specifically to me, but yeah. like she's she is saying it That's indirectly. What it is. It's but it's entitlement to think that you should get to be exempt from the painful parts of human existence. Well, that's no one has ever been. I've said it many times. If you could hear in my head the laughs I think I should be getting, I sometimes say that on stage. <laughs> so that clearly is like a dysfunction that's that's done me well. It's given me confidence. It's given me the drive to get on stage and work for it and perform and yeah. yell and sweat and try and get the laughs to the level, the ex- exorbitant, the incredible high pitch that I think the laugh should be. Yeah. And that's good. I'm not fully dismissing that. But the pain of me being like, Mikey didn't laugh at everything I said. Like, yes. Yeah. And Mikey is a human being going through a million. He's a Rubik's cube with a million sides on every pan, uh, every wall. And was also telling his own jokes. And, and was probably thinking of his own jokes. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yes, yeah. Someone didn't. Yes, someone thought you were being um, self-serving somehow by Instagramming a photo of you and Melanie. It, it wouldn't have hurt if I wasn't like maybe that's true. Yeah, was I? Was Did I? I get caught? Well, it also raises an interesting question of, I think you are like known for your confidence and your self-love. So like, what is the difference between confidence and self-love and self-worth? Because I think maybe uh, it goes back to that unworthiness that you can be so, that anybody, all of us, I would be too, so affected by anybody disagreeing or not liking something that you did. Yeah. But again, it goes back to the mind. All of this lives in the mind because that's where if you are trying to control something, that's the thinking mind, Mm -hmm. which I'm going to start saying the thinking mind, because I know that like with Buddhists, it's like, it's all the mind man or something. (laughs) Right. But the, the thinking mind is constantly trying to control something. And I do it too. I'm trying to control how everybody feels about me so that I'll feel safe. That's my thinking mind. And if I can just use that or I'm trying to control how I feel. Yeah. If I can realize like, oh, I'm there's control happening. That means I'm just too in my mind. Yeah. Can I just drop down into what is happening, what I'm experiencing? Right. That's the humility. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pete should not experience anxiety is a kind of a strangely arrogant. Mm. It goes back to the arrogance of the Christianity I was raised in, which was you have the truth and everyone else is wrong. The Dalai Lama is wrong. Yeah. And 12-year-old Pete in his acid wash jeans has the truth and needs to tell the Dalai Lama to turn or burn. Yes. And that is a that's a strange uh, burden. <laughs> yes, especially to tell children. Yeah. That is I I think I already told you this today. I think it was you. But uh, again, our wonderful friend Caroline said yesterday she was raised Christian as well. And she was like, no wonder I am recovering from codependency. 
I was told at a, as a child, you have, you hold the one truth and it, you have to go tell other people how to live in order to save them. Right. And I know that both of us feel that pull towards wanting to just be like, I, I know how it should be. That's why humility. Yeah. Humility. And, and, and that's what Richie says is. I believe it's in the naked now that he says this patience and humility. So when I'm driving and I'm noticing what my mind is doing mm-hmm. and I just was like, I'm so tired of it. Yeah. And I really feel like that's a good sign when you just go like this brain. I've been feeling that so much. It's so predictable. Yeah. You'll even tell me a story of something our friends did and you'll have a guess on how this is why I like to say how Pete will respond. Yeah. I'm also aware of him. Yeah. I'm sort of at the point where I've said this before, but I'm like, who cares? Yeah. Pete likes that movie. Pete doesn't like that movie. Pete thinks this is right. This is wrong. There's not enough humility. And the patience comes in saying, uh, convert me. Yeah. This is why it's always wrestling with God an unlikely encounter. Um, that's Jacob, right? I don't know. I believe it. I think it's Jacob. I don't know. I haven't. I have like really no idea. <laughs> Wrestling with God, and he touches his hip, and he's wounded. That one J- Jacob's ladder. It's it, it's Jacob. <laughs> um, it's falling off his donkey, Paul. Yeah. Even I though don't... there's no mention of a donkey, mm-hmm. it's all these things that happen accidentally. Mm-hmm. And I know I've said this on the podcast before, but there was. Uh, it's in the book. Um, oh, I forget the name of it, but it was Mister Rogers' favorite book. And there's this little anecdote in there. Um, where they say that this teacher is teaching about how grace, conversion, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, uh, the scales being removed from your eyes, being a new wineskin, being reborn, the renewal of your mind, however you want to put it, mm-hmm. is grace. It's mm-hmm. given to you. Mm-hmm. And then the student says, so what's with all this practice? Why am I meditating? Why am I fasting? Why are we doing whatever we're doing? Why am I even listening to your lecture if it's just an, if grace is an accident and the teacher says to be as accident prone as possible. Right. And I always come back to that. Even after all of this, that feeling of like Ramdas would say this, if I know all this, I should be enlightened. I can feel that way sometimes, but it's like, I'm just trying to be as accident prone as possible so I can fall off my donkey. Yeah, that's right. And I'm not going to know all of them, but I know that in Buddhism, I'm pretty sure there's like three levels of enlightenment or understanding and like one is with your mind mm. and then the other is like ex- experientially at, at the very least we know those two right mm-hmm. and like our minds will get things quick quickly usually right uh but until your body which has its own rhythm and its own timing fully understands it until that truth is embodied, which is the gift that psychedelics can give people. Well, it, it strips you away. It, and you're like, but you, I, I feel like both of us have said this before uh, in those experiences being like, I know we're all one, but like, I'm like feeling it. Like right. I really am experiencing way, that to be true. I know it the way Leela knows it. Exactly. I remember one time taking a very small dose of mushrooms, wearing onesie pajamas and jumping on our big bean bag, which is now upstairs, but whatever it was, it used to be in the living room 
or maybe I moved it down. I just kept jumping on it. It was so mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why don't we use our bodies yeah. very much like soul? Like I can feel myself feeling myself. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that line in the, in soul. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that, that was it. I sort of lost what I was going to say. Well, so I think that that's, I, you're just with the accident. Problem. Oh, that was the experiencing it. Yeah. 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 So just, um, uh, I kind of lost it. Too. Oh, I have one. Yeah, go ahead. This is okay. So Richie, if you're more of a reader than a listener, although you're listening to a podcast right now, someone, so busted, <laughs> busted. Um, I believe it's called Jesus's plan for a new world. Is that what it's called? You got it for me for Christmas. Yeah, I think so. It's New World something. It's the book version of the Sermon on the Mount talks. Mm. And Richie, my homeboy, Richie Rohr, who I love so dearly. I I spend spend so much time thinking about how in our bathroom we have books by Thomas Merton, Richie Rohr, um, Ram Dass, Ananda Maima is framed by your bed. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. Unbelievable grace and gift. So forget about waiting for grace. There's some gratitude for the grace we've already been shown so much. Yeah. But Richie breaks it down so brilliantly. He's like, why does Jesus say blessed are the poor or blessed are those who mourn? All these weird things that make no sense. Mm. And we go around saying that like we like, let me clarify. I used to go around saying that like I knew what it meant. Yeah. And he's like, isn't this great? He's like. People that lose everything, the the forgotten, mm. the tax collectors, the prostitutes, what or the lepers, mm. the the outcasts of society, are at a benefit to see the new world order, to see the kingdom of heaven, because they've been so disillusioned with this world order. Yeah, they've been they've seen that it doesn't work. Right, it doesn't pay out. Right, it's not reliable. It's like I was thinking the other night. I was like, I, I want thy will, not my will. Right? Your will, not my will, God. And then a voice says, well, what about your house? What about your wealth? And then finally, I was, I was meditating on that. And another voice said, what wealth? Mm. Where is it? Here's an earthquake. Show me your wealth. Mm. Here's a disease. Show me your wealth. Yeah. It's written on running water. It's nowhere to be found. Yeah. Show it to me. Yeah. Show me your power. Because here's a, a car accident. Here's a bad diagnosis. Here's a heartbreak. Here's your job is gone. Right. So the people that are broken are more uh, susceptible. To, that's why it's falling off the donkey. Yeah. Or wrestling with God in the Bible verse. Neither of us are, are clear about, but I think it's Jacob. Yeah. It's these things that break us. And when you get broken, as Leonard Cohen said, it's through those cracks that the light gets through. Yeah. So that's that's what he's saying. He's also yeah. Eckhart Tolle also has another interpretation that the poor in spirit are people that don't believe their egos. So they're poor in their spirit, meaning they don't have a lot in there. Right. Because they're not holding on to anything. So something can come in. Right. So there's different interpretations, but right. the more quickly and and obviously my plan, my hope is to do this without those massive sufferings, but you can, you can embody, you can realize it, mm-hmm. I think by just thinking about it, by having a med- a sit like that mm-hmm. and be like, where is it? Show it to me. Yeah. This, I've said this before, but this is why we love, I think this is why we love guns and movies. The most president, uh, the, the, uh, I was going to say like a president or a king, the most powerful person in the world, a billionaire, mm-hmm. let's just say 
Mark Cuban, so it's not political. Yeah. Someone with a hundred billion dollars or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. He's in a, an elevator with a guy with a gun. Mm. Where's your billions? Mm. Where, where's where's your power? Yeah. Because that's why we have so many deathbed conversions. Mm-hmm. I don't mean people saying, "Okay, I accept Jesus into my heart because I'm afraid of dying." I mean people going like. Look at all of you buzzing around like bees or working like ants, like anything is happening here. Nothing is happening except that which is watching the happening, which you can never be apart from. You can't be apart from it. That's the revelation that I can step into every once in a while where you go. I know I say this. I'll say it every time I think it because I love it. You're the beggar asking for gold, but you're sitting on a box and the box is filled with gold. Yeah. And you never looked. And you're the box. Yeah. You're the gold. Yeah. That's that's Buddha touching the earth and saying, I am. I am. Yes. And my amness ties me to the great M. Yeah. The great I am. Yeah. And and that's been washed down and reduced to like I like something that we can so easily dismiss, like I'm a child of God, I'm a son or a daughter of God. But that means you are a cup of water in the ocean, but there's no separation. Yeah. You're not, you're not the ocean. Yeah. But you, you, there's also no, it's a paradox. That's really what I've, I'm coming to again and remembering again after deeply forgetting is like how many times and how many, uh, uh, schools of thought need to tell me this. You, it, the trick is to do less. <laughs> Like I have been frantically, and this is again how I know that my mind has taken over, being like, what do I do? How do I fix it? Why is what I'm doing not working? Am I doing enough? I've done so much for this period of time. I should be at a different place. And it's like, doing what? It's, it's, you are being lived. Yeah. Let yourself be lived. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Right. Because you're being lived. You're the vessel. And that's the humility to go, and now this is happening. That's the humility, (laughs) is opening to it and surrendering to it and saying, okay, I guess it is wanting to experience anxiety. Well, that you were having, I can't remember everything that we talked about on that walk. I know. I was really hoping you'd bring this up because it was so helpful. Yeah, and I wasn't even really in a teaching mood. <laughs> I, uh, you might, well, meaning there are sometimes when I'm like, "All right, let's go in the batting cage yeah. and hit some doubt baseballs." Yeah, but I, I was, it was helpful because I was in a more of a listening mood, so I listened a lot. Yeah, believe it or not, and um, <laughs> those one, moods do happen. <laughs> they happen. I've been quiet all day. Yeah, I'm not saying that. Again, humility. Who am I to not be called a blowhard? Yes. You think I'm not? Yes. Yeah. That's fine. I can take it. That's fine. Here it is. It's okay. But like um, today I was worried I wasn't even going to be able to talk during this podcast. Uh, but I love this time so much. I look no, forward to it. And thank you too. to everybody listening and to people that say it matters to them. Yeah. All of this stuff that we're talking about is becoming alive in me again through talking about it. That's why I don't mind repeating myself. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Well, I think it's so interesting that pastors have to preach on a different thing every Sunday. They have to do like fresh material. I know. Just tell me the best of the best again. And also there really <laughs> is like, uh, like 
there are just these simple truths that we actually just need to be reminded That's of right. constantly. Who eats food and goes, food again? Just give me the same stuff. I don't need a new anecdote. I don't need a new verse. Yep. I don't need a series. Yep. I, I don't need to be entertained. You need to remind me that you are also suffering, that you are also struggling, but that you remember when you think these things and talk about these things that you are Okay. Yeah. That you are okay. More than okay. Yeah. Whole. Perfect. You're whole and perfect in it. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. So we were talking about, I was on my second Ramdas retreat and I was listening to, it was a really, really wonderful thing to be able to do was to spend time with him Mm -hmm. and he was not in lecture mode. Mm -hmm. He was in my personal favorite Ramdas, uh, sort of. Meaning, let's not prioritize them, but he was very quiet Mm -hmm. because of his illness. Um, So he wasn't going to lecture to me, but we would spend time in silence together and it was priceless. And then I would, on my days off, I would listen to his lectures. Mm -hmm. And as always, I'd just start Love, Serve, Devotion, which is like a 12 or 16 hour lecture. I'd just start it randomly somewhere. And this happens constantly in my life what I would play would address exactly what I was going through. Yep. And he was talking about whatever you're experiencing, offering it back to the source as a sacrifice, (sighs) as an offering. Yeah. So you're feeling doubt, you're feeling lust, you're feeling shame, you're feeling pride, whatever you put it on a golden platter and you get a circle going. It comes in and you put it back up. It comes in from below and you send it back up and you go here. Yeah. You, you're playing this game. You're dancing this dance. I am a point of sacrificial fire. Here it is. Here it is. I drove Leela through that tunnel in Griffith park, part of the route that we put her down. Mm -hmm. And I was driving through that tunnel and I had a transcendent moment. She's in the back going, I'm all pouch. I'm all pouch. <laughs> we, I'm all pouch. We have gotten her fully addicted to the, those little like pouches that you see. It's like baby, baby food, food in a pouch. Which she's too she old to be down. having. We're, she, we're working on it. We're working on it. It's a pandemic. We're using whatever we can. Yeah, that's our crutch right now. But that's how she asks for pouch. But I'm all pouch. I'm driving through the tunnel <laughs> And it looks like every tunnel. It looks like the tunnel coming into the world, like a vagina, basically, like coming into life. Yeah, I've had moments in that tunnel, too. It looks like the tunnel going to the light as you die. Uh It looks like the tunnel. I go through, if you mapped out a day, I go through 382 tunnels a day, I'm sure, (laughs) where you're just like, Val and I have been experiencing, um, both of us, it was interesting, anxiety Right midday, yeah. morning, feeling pretty good, yeah. hit the ground running, playing with Lee, feeling okay. You eat that first meal, in, yeah. my, in my case, I think it's your first meal. Yeah, I, it is. I eat lunch, my first meal. Something about it just wakes up all the anxiety. Yeah. And trying to like go, okay, like your yeah. wonderful poem, let it in, yeah. greet it with a smile, yeah. but then also... The, the the flow the, of the circle. Yeah. We were talking about Bruce Lee says, be like water. Water is the perfect uh, symbol, manifestation of non-resistance. Non-resistance can be really powerful. As Bruce Lee says, water concentrated can break a rock. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. 
Yeah. It breaks rocks, but it also flows and moves around rocks and doesn't stop and it yeah. it moves. Yeah. And I like that circular image of the feeling comes in yeah. and you offer it as a gift yeah. to whatever your understanding of of source is. Mm-hmm. You just go, "Okay, and that, I, I'm going to say it a million. That's the humility. I'm feeling anxiety. Platter. Make it sacred. Make it sacred. Here is my sacred anxiety. Here's my yes. sacred lust. Saying defiantly, it's not a flaw in the system That's right. that I feel this way. Just like Jesus in the desert. Was it a flaw Richie makes this brilliant point where he's like, if Jesus was just God and was just perfect, um, what is he doing being tempted? Yeah. Like what? It doesn't make any sense. He doesn't really go much deeper than that Uh um, because I I think he's being very, um, what's the word? Diplomatic. Diplomatic maybe. Mm -hmm. And and loving Mm -hmm. to a, a wide scope of believers. But I'm like, Christ's humanity is not a flaw. Mm-hmm. As Stephen Mitchell says, if, if Jesus was just born God, why is he getting baptized by John the Baptist? Well, that's it. <laughs> that's so interesting because, yeah. The that, gospel writers add stuff later where they're like, I baptize you, but it is me who is the baptizer. Like, yeah. They add stuff, but we know that was added. We and, know it was added. And the only reason it's so blasphemous and awful for people to think that Jesus was like fully human is because the that same belief system be, believes that human is icky That's and right. bad and dirty and that the body is the place of sin and to that this that, whole thing mm, started from a big mistake a big mistake god farted one day and accidentally made the Milky Way. <laughs> it was a big dairy fart and this happened and whoopsie, let's hold our nose, let's lash ourselves with whips. Yeah. Get through it, yeah. vomit it out as much as we can yeah. so we can be clean enough to go to where we really were supposed to be. And one of my earliest Peter kind of thoughts, meaning like podcast Pete kind of thoughts, was why didn't God just start reality in heaven? If what he really wants is a bunch of believers loving and, and supporting him, yeah, praising him, just do that. Yeah. Why this? Yeah. I think the answer is because this is not a mistake. Yeah. God, uh, Richie would say, would risk the capacity for so much evil mm-hmm. and so so much missing the mark. Yeah. He'd risk that for an authentic love, for real conversion on a a personal level. Mm. That it's it's not. This is all just my my view of Christianity was like we're in Mario Brothers, but we're not going to play the game. We're just we're not going to eat the mushroom. Be in the world, but not of the world. I'm gonna. I'll do a speed run. (laughs) (laughs) Play the game. Yeah, hit the little things with the coins. That's humility too. Who are you to say this is a mistake? Right. Who are you to say that anything that's happening, I I don't deserve this. It's like, it's what's happening. Be like water. Yes. Move move and trust that the flow is being provided by something greater than you. And this is what sobriety is, too. The the reason why AA, OA, NA, all all the A's. Yeah, CA. They go down. What's that one? Codependence. Ah. They all go to the idea of, of higher power, 
powerlessness, mm-hmm. surrender. And I, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of humility in there. I'm broken. I'm disillusioned. I need a new world order. I can't do it myself. I need to be converted. Yeah. But as, as Richie would say, we are all addicts. All of us are addicted to our way of thinking. Yeah. Which is why the Pete that's in the car going, well, he's a Trump supporter. He's probably an a-hole. <laughs> I don't say asshole. Um, that's me being addicted to my own way of thinking. Oh, yeah. This is the movie Crash. My car flips over and the guy with the Trump sticker uh, takes that Jeep, attaches like a a winch and pulls me out and saves my life. What now? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, Richie also says at some point it's like a prayer of like, God, I'm not worthy. And he said that people will get really worked up and come up to him and be like, I am worthy. Right. And then he goes, well, I mean, you really are. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not it really. That was a good Richie. Uh, yeah. Oh, you really, really are. are. <laughs> um, and, and so I think that is the, you know, it's, it might sound like it's conflicting ideas, this idea of like, we're ha- you know, having self-worth and you are worthy. And also this idea of like humbling and and saying, I can't do it. I clearly can't do it. You know, if you're splitting hairs, I think the I in the I can't do it is the ego. Yes. And the I and the I am worthy and I am whole is your soul or your spirit or something, you know, and we're made of parts. We have all these parts. That's right. It's okay to be a paradox. Yeah. That, that's. In fact, that's how you know that it's true. Oh, <laughs> a big revelation I had. Last time I I took an unspecified drug experience, very mild, but I was like giving with absolutely no intent, with no justification is like the best thing you can do. Mm. And then I was like, meaning I'm mad at Brody. Like I was Mm -hmm. mad at him because I had to take the trash out. You were out with your friends. Leela was asleep finally. And he started barking because I opened the gate. Mm. And of course that makes me mad because I'm worried he's going to wake up the baby. Then I came in and I gave him some of my dinner. Not to be like, in my old school Christian, I'd be like, that's grace because I'm being so good. Yeah. This is just, I know I'm talking about it now, but it felt really pure to be like, I don't like you right now. You didn't do anything good. Yeah. Here's here's some that's the like little I'm going against my nature. Because the revelation was so, if it doesn't make sense, it that's a very good sign. That's right. That means that your mind hasn't can take taken over the complete that's situation. Right. Yeah. The times that I've been frustrated with people on my team, whether it's agents, managers, whatever it might be, and and I, you stay with them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's good. In that state, I could really see it doesn't make sense. Don't you see at the end of all of this, you are the not the king of the perfect kingdom with perfect right angles and perfect lighting and a perfect uh, buffet, mm-hmm. <laughs> catered buffet. Uh-huh. You are the king, not even the king. You are just another misfit on the island of broken toys mm-hmm. creating cohesive love together in your brokenness. Yeah. And in that place where my heart was open, I was like, Pete, if it doesn't make sense, that's an incredibly good sign. That's Because you know who makes sense? Scrooge. <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge is right. Yeah. Christmas is a, a, a foolish reason to take 
uh, a day work away or whatever. He says a million things like that. Yeah. He's the mind. He's the mind. And it makes perfect sense to the mind. But the mind, what, yeah, you got to get some stuff in there that makes no sense to the mind. Otherwise, you are your mind's bitch. The most important <laughs> thing, phrase that I've been saying, and I think I shared it on the podcast. Look, I made boobies out of Play-Doh. Nice. Um, and then I crushed them. <laughs> <laughs> um, the most important phrase that, I, that has been so valuable for me is, that's just a thought. <laughs> Don't believe everything you think. I just like, I love that phrase. It makes me laugh every That's time I do thought. it. Yeah. Because I'm, because I'll be like, oh no, I, I think I might be like depressed, a depressed person. Maybe I've been depressed my whole life. And you're like, eh, this is just a thought. <laughs> it's like Muji said, you're having a bad moment and you go, I'm having a bad day. Yeah. Or I'm the kind of person that has a bad day, or I'm a depressed person. Yeah. I understand there's clinical depression. It's different. That's a disease. It's serious. I'm Absolutely. talking about your your run-of-the-mill, constant, fuzzy, radio-changing. Yes. That's a good distinction, because <laughs> some thoughts, are, I mean, a lot of thoughts are very helpful and things that... You know, you should take seriously, but I would say most of our thoughts are pointless, repetitive, yes, and not true. And not true. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Um, I also wanted to go, let's go back to scapegoat. That's what it was. Yeah. I want to start by saying my heart is is broken and it's it's deeply saddened by what happened at the Capitol. Yeah. When I see that hundreds of people were arrested at a peaceful protest for the Ferguson uh, killing, you know what I'm talking about? Are you? Do you mean Ferguson? Yeah. Okay. Why? I didn't know. I mean, that, that isn't that sad that there have been so many protests for over yes. killings that I'm like, which one do you mean? I, George I mean Floyd. Ferguson. Yeah, I mean Ferguson. Floyd. Yeah. There were hundreds of arrests of yeah. a lot of black people Yeah, at, for that. Yeah. And there were like 26 total yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, that speaks to a level of corruption. Yes. Not to mention that you know that some of the police were taking selfies, were moving the barricade out to let them in, were cheering them on. Yeah. So this is, I didn't know this that. is pretty obvious here. And it's... Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a very like I was like there's the pandemic, mm-hmm. but the the real pandemic is otherness, is hate, yeah. is fear, and it is rampant, and you yeah. can't stop it with a mask, and yeah. you can't stop it with social distancing, and you can't even stop it by taking away Trump's Twitter, yeah, or whatever for twelve hours or whatever it was. Okay, that being said, what's interesting or the work we do on ourselves. Mm-hmm is always going to be, in my opinion, the, I don't even want to say the most important work. I'll just say very important. Mm-hmm. Because your conversion, I'm talking to the people listening, I'm talking to you, I'm certainly talking to myself. My conversion is what I can impact the most. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy when I see a bunch of people doing a horrible thing mm-hmm. to not recognize my own yeah. Evil. Yep. And my own hate. Yep. And my own racism mm-hmm. and my own otherness mm-hmm. and my own blah, blah, fill in all the terrible things here. Yes. Because if I see a guy in an Auschwitz camp, Auschwitz sweatshirt, it's so pleasing and easy, not pleasing, but it's right. Uh, you know what I mean? Yes. I natural do. to go 
fuck that guy. You have fantasies. Oh, man, what if they, they should have just gotten all those people and just shipped them away, right? Yes. And I'm like, I need to remember that that stuff is alive somewhere in this flawed wineskin as well. Yeah. And take the opportunity to, yes, be angry. Yes, demand change. Yes, vote. And yes, all the things we can do. Yeah. And not forget. So it's easier and less touchy. Richie, again, gives these talks about the Iraq war. And this is shortly after 9-11. And he's like, it's very easy to project our collective evil to Iraq. Yeah. And he was saying that right when this stuff was happening. Very unpopular time to be talking about that. So the idea of always wanting... Yeah. somewhere else to go like, well, I don't have a Trump sticker on my car. Yeah. And I don't uh, support all of that. Yeah. Again, this is not to tie all of it up in a bow. It's not anywhere near an attempt to tie it all up in a bow. Mm-hmm. I'm just instead of, and I am vilifying, but instead of just vilifying, I'm trying to use it as a very uncomfortable mirror. Yes. Is there a part of you in my whiteness mm-hmm. that goes like, yeah, but if I was convicted of a crime, you'd see me being as whatever, leaning into my whiteness as much as I could. Yeah. Like, okay, well then, fuck me too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, like, um, absolutely. Yes, yes. Did that make sense? Boy, makes, this is hard to talk about. Oh, I think that was so beautiful, and I think you did a great job. And yes, it is not helpful, especially as white people, who benefit so greatly from this system that is so oppressive and just straight up evil. Um, It is not helpful to just look at those clear white supremacists and be like, fuck them. They're, they're so evil. That is not helpful. You can say that, but what is going to create change is if, Every person who benefits from the system goes, all right, what of that is in me? I've got to do the really uncomfortable thing and look at what, um, what, like what ugliness is in here. Right. I think that's so smart. And it, and it is like the nothing will change unless I change. Well, I've said in a million, but Ram Dass was in India when there was a lot of political unrest And one of his teachers said that him being in a peaceful, um, certainly not a five star Mm. ashram in India, you know, living a simple life. But he was sitting around meditating Mm -hmm. and he felt a lot of guilt about that. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't I be in Berkeley? Shouldn't I be marching? This Mm -hmm. and that. And it's a hard thing. And, And as I'm saying it, my ego doesn't like it. So people listening, if your mind doesn't like it, I'm with you. Yeah. But somebody wise was like, this is the work you yeah. doing this will later lead to and then Ramdas of course when he came back was his entire life an agent of social change right but well he had a hard time sitting that one out but you know yeah we were talking about this uh today in the mindfulness group that I lead with my dear friends where it was like what do you do with this anger and you know I don't really have the answer to this all I do and all I ever do, all we ever do is just pass along the things that we've heard our great teachers saying. But, and I'm getting most of this from Jack Cornfield and Tara Brock, um, the anger is, is a great sign. Anger shows us when things are not in alignment, when things are 
um, dangerous when things are are wrong, not fitting, not good. Uh, and so anger has that, that's such a great uh, truth teller. It has such a wisdom to it. But if you hold on to that anger and kidnap it in your body and then use that as the fuel for any kind of action, it's way less effective right. than if you use the anger as a sign, like a re- like a red flag, an alert, uh-oh, this is not okay, and then allow the anger on its own time, meet it with compassion, thank it for its contribution, allow it in its own time to pass and access compassion and move from that space and right. allow it to to then and humility the humility of like i am i am benefiting from this or i would never be like that the uh, i would never be a white supremacist you mean the humility of of what do you mean how is that humble i'm saying looking at somebody a white supremacist and letting that become the icon of evil is sort of missing the life that you could have led where you were raised in some real Duck, duck Dynasty stuff, yeah. where that was your compass. I see, yes. What I'm saying so is... Accessing the compassion for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leela will now eat her vegetables because we watch this Coco Melon yeah. cartoon a lot. She loves it, with a baby eating broccoli. Yeah. So now broccoli, something that kids traditionally don't like, she loves it because we watch this thing. And I'm like... Holy shit, this is how we work. She watched an image of a baby eating broccoli happily, and now she eats broccoli happily. Well, different images result in different brains and different uh, pain and abuse and this and deprivation and whatever it might be. And this is not to give anybody a pass. No pass. But when you talk about compassion, you go, that's... That's another way this could have gone. Yeah. Because I, my ego, my mind is a tapestry of my experiences, the things that I saw, the things that I learned. Mm-hmm. And instead of going, well, this is just a, a fucking evil person. Yeah. It's my fair lady. It's can I turn a, a, a scoundrel into a dame? Mm. You know what I mean? Can I, you, you have the my fair lady thing. It's like, could I take that white supremacist? live with him on an island for 30 years Mm -hmm. and get him to quietly eat a mango and go, you know, I I don't really hate Jews. Yeah. Of course. Who fucking cares? That's not the point. Yeah. The point is to realize that all of us are malleable in that way. Yes. And if you, it's the two wolves. There's the the fearful wolf and the loving wolf. Which one survives? The one you feed. Mm -hmm. These ones got some fucking bad wolves fed. And there's a lot of, again, this is not a pass. I do feel like I now have to say, fuck that shit. I'm yeah. completely against it. Yeah. But I don't, I, to go back to what you said, the anger and the, and the inciting, radical, appropriate call to action that we feel as anger and sadness is a road sign, not a gas station. Yeah, let's fill Let's fill up with compassion and understanding and patience and humility and love. Yeah. Not let's not run our tanks on on the same fuel. There. Let's be honest. A lot of them are running it on the fear and the hate. Oh, let's, yes. let's let's get a better fuel. This this is MLK saying nonviolence. We can't meet what we're being met with with the same energy. Yeah. A, a problem can't be solved by the same level of 
consciousness that that caused it. That's yeah. Einstein. Yeah. You need a different. I believe it's Einstein. You need a different frequency. Yes. So. Yep. A hundred percent. I just blacked out. Did it? No, that was so good. <laughs> and it is perpetuating. It's it, like make no mistake. And again, this is not a free pass. Uh, but this is deeply wounded people perpetuating their wounds and putting them on other people. That's right. And like, and hates. feeling safe because of, because the president. Yes. So they've been feeling that way. Now they feel safe to be racist and, and a mob and terrorists and yeah. all these things, which is the but, problem. But all of this starts from being wounded and then wounding other people because of that. And uh, our friend Misty was telling me it's in the book, My Grandmother's Hands, which so many people have recommended to me. And I really think I I need to read it. But it's kind of the like, I think it's like the history of of racism and and generational trauma of racism. And um, she was saying that there was I'm going to get this kind of wrong, but it's like, you know, the the brutalizing and even the slavery over race. you know, using race to enslave people was somewhat recent, but the the brutalizing and slavery of interracial uh, interracial white people brutalizing and enslaving each other happened first, mm. and then white people held that trauma so deeply, and it was so unbearable that they then blew it into black people. Right, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, so it's just this perpetuation of pain. Right. So that's like a little bit of the zooming out, like, I I might not be able to have compassion for a, a singular group, I'm you know, or a singular person like Trump. Um, that is like major league stuff and and I it's okay if you can't access compassion as yet. long as when I sit on my cushion I'm not levitating over it I, I can't quite do it <laughs> yes. as long as I feel it on my buns I'm like maybe I'm not there yeah uh, and that's okay start with whatever you can have compassion for is it for and you don't the, even need to go to the news can you have compassion for your dad for your yeah, mom for can you uh, or can you have compassion for your own anger that arises when you see this stuff, yeah. this injustice? Start there. Yeah. Or can, if you can't, can you have compassion for your body who's holding that anger? Wherever compassion can seep in, that's where you start. It's not, it's like, I feel like so many people who are in this mindfulness game are like, how do I have compassion for Trump? And it's like, leave that to the people who've been practicing for 40 years. Yeah. Like, start where you can start. Meet yourself where you're at. Right. Yeah. It's, um, all that being said, let's get some change going. Yes. It's about effing time. Let's get some, I I wanted to tweet, come on, clear gummy bear, do the right thing. Because people are asking Pence yeah. to invoke the 25th. <laughs> yeah. Like, you clear gummy bear. You clear gummy bear. So I, I do want to say one last time, please don't misunderstand. What we're, what we're trying to do is have apply a kingdom of heaven perspective, meaning an otherworldly perspective to drama while you're in it, which is incredibly delicate. So yeah. I do want to say shame, disgrace, Anger. This is all welcome. We're feeling it too. Absolutely. That's why we're talking about it. That's we right. could have taken the time to be like, 
the thoughts that I had, the anger that I had, the things that I saw on Twitter, I'm we're with you. Yes. If, if this felt like we're walking on water, I'm drowning in the water too. Oh I, yeah. I'm feeling when a Jeep with a Trump flag passes me on the right in a, in a quiet park, yeah. um, that's happening because it's being processed by my inability to not look at Twitter and that yeah. This is what I mean. This is the veils on our eyes. This is our brains are our karma. Mm-hmm. And our karma is being reinforced and refueled with an app on our phone, mm-hmm. constantly being updated and all this stuff. And I'm trying to apply the mountains to that. I'm trying to apply the trees to that, the ocean and the sky, yeah. the things that have been here, believe it or not, for far worse things, for things that were unspeakable inhumane, evil things. These things have been here and these things will be here after. And the perspective uh, of, of something greater, hard to do in the moment. And I just want, I just want to say that one last time. Yeah. And it, it's both. That's what I think we're, we're, uh, we have been expressing both, I hope, but again, in the whole, like all truth is paradox or, or, uh, it's more it's complicated so it's that zoomed out and it's right in the fire being like fuck this shit this has got to stop this is ridiculous and offering that as a sacrifice too yeah it's yeah. both it's it's speaking of that this is unrelated but um when I pray for Leela, there was this really interesting thing on West Wing. Obviously, we've been watching West Wing, as I call it, good president porn. Um, <laughs> just watching like an incredibly decent man with integrity leading. I, I know it's a drama. It's not real. But it, that's what makes it porn. Porn isn't real <laughs> either. Um, I mean, I suppose it's somewhat real <laughs> in a certain respect. But... When they did, they talked about that double-blind study they did for prayer, mm-hmm. meaning there were like, let's say it's a thousand people in the hospital, and five hundred of them were prayed for by name, and and this is not just by Christians; it was by different groups, and five hundred were not, and the ones that were prayed for had pretty dramatic improvements in certain respects. Yeah. I don't mean everybody got better, but there it was quantifiable. Yeah. Yeah. And that was so interesting. I guess that's what my brain needed. And I've been praying a little bit more lately. We both have. Yeah. I've just been catching myself shouting out some just real traditional prayers. I would say the quality of my heart is a little bit different, mm. meaning there's a hyper consciousness to them where I'm like, I know what I'm doing isn't uh isn't i don't know that prayer is the si- is the silence in between the words yeah. and it's the words but i was praying for lila as i do when i'm holding her and i say you know protect her keep her safe keep her healthy may she know you may she know you know feel mm-hmm. connected may she feel alive may mm-hmm. she feel joy all these things and i was like I know everyone is a child of God. Mm-hmm. Everyone deserves happiness and health and protection and, and joy. And I, but then I was like, why is it only God is allowed to be a paradox? Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, you're, you're, you're one, but you're none, but you're many. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're a virgin, but you're a mother. You're a man, but you're a God. You're dead, but you're alive. 
I'm also going to be a paradox and know that everyone deserves these and, and cosmically that me and Lee and you, it's all just a passing show and it's sort of all the same. It's all one. It's, there's a bigger picture, but in my limited ego, linear story way, yeah. I have a much more greater vested interest in this one's safety. I'm offering it to you as a paradox because that's the example that you've set. <laughs> meaning, not as an insult, meaning I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dance the same way. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. And back to my revelation, if it doesn't make sense, that's a good sign. I'm praying for a baby when I know that she and I are a part of something much bigger and more mysterious that I couldn't hope to control or understand. And I surrender to that. And can you please keep an eye on her? Like, yeah. it's both. Yes, you're really <laughs> reminding me that this is something that my parents really got right, I think. Um, or... I've, I have now come back around on prayer very recently, and I'm, under, I'm finding myself understanding it the same way my parents explained it to me, which was I remember asking them when I was a kid, like, if God knows what's going to happen anyway and has his own will, why am I asking him for help? Right. Uh, and they said, you pray for your own heart. Right, like, C.S. Lewis, it doesn't change God, it, pr- it changes us. Yeah, and I think that's right. <laughs> I think the quality of me praying for Leela makes me grateful that in that moment we are warm and fed and safe. It shifts yeah. me. And when I drive around and think about everybody that I... This is what a lot of people in recovery do. It's what a gratitude list is. Yep. And I also... I'm, I'm completely open... I'm embarrassed to admit that that data sort of shifted me, mm. but I am completely open. Who is it that's praying? So this this was a great one. I got Richie's book on um, it's it's for Lent, but I'm doing it now, and it's it's a prayer and a passage every day for Lent, and I'm doing it, and it starts off really strong, and it talks about desire, mm. and you know it's interesting in the Christian world that I grew up in. Desire was always kind of like a weird thing or a bad thing, or like we're supposed to like don't eat cookies and don't jerk off and what don't swear. Mm. So desire was always something to sort of don't eat the apple in the garden, right? Yeah. So. This this reframe that, and this one, I'm almost, I have a white marker that I write on my bathroom mirror with, and I think it might be mirror worthy. Mm-hmm. The prayer is, it's like, you want your desires to line up with the desire of God, or of the source. Mm-hmm. And Christians would call that the Holy Spirit. So you say, God, um, teach help me desire what you desire. Mm. And the, and the mantra, this isn't how he says to do it, but I repeated it over and over. I said, desire in me, desire through me, desire as me. Mm. I'll be God desiring. The more clear I can become, meaning unobstructed by my karma, by my mind, by my old wineskin, the more clearly I can be a channel for the desire of the source, yeah, the, the, the noble desire, the good desire. So even yeah. if it is, it doesn't have to be feeding the needy. I mean, that's a wonderful thing to do. Uh, we just gave a good amount to some food banks. I recommend that. Mm-hmm. But sorry to say that, but that's a good thing to do. Yeah, Desire in me, desire through me, desire as me. It was such a powerful thing yeah. to remember. I love that. And it goes back to like, are really the only thing there is to do is allow whatever is happening. That's right. 
<laughs> is open up to and consent to being lived. Because it's going to happen anyway. Being a channel. Yeah. Being a channel. Be, having a new way of seeing, seeing need. Under, identifying when someone's talking to you and you can tell their heart's broken. Yeah. Or that they're lost and overwhelmed at school or overwhelmed homeschooling or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Can I see as something greater than me would like me to see? Yeah. Can I be a vessel and a channel? Yeah. And it's the same thing with creativity. I know we talked about this, but starting my writing days by re- saying I am a channel for divine creativity. Mm-hmm. Why would that work? Who is talking? Yeah. Like saying I'm, I'm praying is different from saying God is praying through me. Mm-hmm. That's a Rumi poem. He says, um, my guru repeats the mantra, meaning like whatever you're meditating. I sit quietly nearby. Oh, yeah. It's like that, w- that was another revelation I had on an unspecified drug experience where I was like seeing things and I was like, I was seeing holy things. Mm. And I was like, yeah, but that's just my mind. Mm. And I was like, what is mind? Yeah. Whose mind is it? Yeah. Where is this idea that my mind is separate from the world. Mm-hmm. Ramdas was never embarrassed to admit that in his meditative practice, he would imagine a room inside of him that he would enter where he could sit with his guru. Mm. And people were like, that's your, just your imagination. But on that level, you're like, just my imagination? <laughs> right. I'm creating it. Yeah. And because I can't touch it, feel it, smell it, show it to you, quantify it, reproduce it, break it down and build it back yeah. in a controlled setting, it's not real. Yeah. I, don't get me wrong. I know it's not real in the way that this table's real. But guess what? This table isn't really real. Yeah. This table is just the same shit I am repelling this shit that it is. Yes. And then I go, that's real because I can fuck it. Yeah. It's so dumb. Yeah. We need to get a little bit groovier. Get groovier, baby. Get groovier motherfuckers um jack cornfield has this really great quote that he posted i was thinking that's something we could end on great yeah i'm totally into that i'm excited this oh i just want to plug a movie i watched the movie another round it's a foreign movie Mm. don't let that deter you (laughs) it's really good and I, I'm excited to watch some movie with you. Have some grown. It's been weeks. I know. We. I. I. I having to all the parents. You, fuck that. You do not have to have a baby. Everybody wakes up with something yeah. that takes the 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 breath of their focus. Yes. And when we get a break from that, as That's Val and so I nice. are about to, I was just tripping out on that sleep. It's so insane. That rest is built into us. That rest is mm. is a necessity. Uh, that in fact, the earmark of insanity is someone who hasn't slept in seven nights. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think you might even be clinically insane after a certain point. You are not in your right mind. If you murder someone and you're like, I had, I, I was being sleep deprived, mm-hmm. like, t- like I'm being not permitted to sleep. You're not in your right mind. Yeah. So it's literally. It's one of the glorious things of the poem of the creation story, God resting the importance of this downtime. Yes. And I know we're just going to fart on, oh, well, I'm going to fart on the couch <laughs> and watch a movie, but like to have a little break, it, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and the clue is right there. Yeah. Every night you need to sleep. Yes. Instead of going, oh, I don't get enough sleep. It's like, isn't it cool 
the in and the out of life is reflected in our breath and the necessity for downtime and sometime where you're not thinking, working, eating, and, and the grace that you're not hungry when you sleep, yeah. that you're not nervous when you sleep, yeah. that you're not really thirsty. I know sometimes you have dreams that you're thirsty, but for the most part, even your fucking persnickety, uh, drunken monkey body yeah. will go, oh, sleep? All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll cool it. I'll cool it for a little while. I agree. It's like uh, feeding a baby with the airplane move. Suddenly it's like, okay, I'll eat. Mm-hmm. Peace. Well, this is kind of <laughs> so. This is kind of going back to. Um, well, I don't need to give it a, a, a intro. Should I read it like Jack? Sure. <laughs> As we move through, <laughs> I can't. He's As kind we of move through I the Antawandu Indians. Said. Oh my <laughs> he always, god! He always knows some. I'm okay right now. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> um, okay. As we move through this beautiful and troubled world, may we vow to be a beacon of peace, a fearless carrier of respect and loving kindness for all life, a teller of truth, Hmm. a voice for justice, a protector of those who are vulnerable and targeted. May the power of wisdom, integrity, and compassion be our guide. Hmm. I want to see if I can find this. Home. It's going to be heavy, but let me take see. Take it. I we, believe it's Thich Nhat Han. Yeah. Thich Nhat Han, poem, pirate. That's the word pirate in it. Yeah, here it is. Ooh. Okay. Wow, this is a long one. I'm into it. Okay. It's called Please Call Me By My True Names by Thich Nhat Han. Don't say that I will depart tomorrow. Even today, I am still arriving. Look deeply. Every second, I am arriving. Mm. To be a bud on a spring branch. To be a tiny bird with still fragile wings, learning to sing in my new nest. To be a caterpillar in the heart of a flower. To be a jewel hiding itself in a stone. Oh. Oh. I still arrive in order to laugh and to cry. Whew. didn't expect that (laughs) to be so difficult to fear and to hope the rhythm of my heart is the birth and death of all that is alive i am the mayfly metamorphizing on the surface of the river and i am the bird that swoops down to swallow the mayfly i am the frog swimming happily in the clear water of a pond and i am the grass snake that silently feeds itself on the frog I am the child in Uganda, all skin and bones, my legs as thin as bamboo sticks, and I am the arms merchant selling deadly weapons to Uganda. I am the 12-year-old girl, refugee, on a small boat, who throws herself into the ocean after being raped by a sea pirate. And I am the pirate, my heart not yet capable of seeing and loving. I am a member of the Politburo, Politburo, with plenty of power in my hands, and I am the man who has to pay his debt of blood to my people, dying slowly in a forced labor camp. My joy is like spring, so warm it makes flowers bloom all over the earth. My pain is like a river of tears, 
so vast it fills the four oceans. Please call me by my true names, so I can hear all my cries and my laughter at once, so I can see that my joy and pain are one. Please call me by my true names, so I can wake up, and so that the door of my heart can be left open, the door of compassion. Oh, I'm so glad you didn't ask me to read that. There's no chance. Cool. I mean, I've heard it many <sighs> times. For some reason, um, a jewel hiding itself in a stone is so beautiful. I mean, that is just that whole, that's just everything. Like that is the poem. <laughs> it's the poem. But yeah. this is, this is the, the conundrum that we're in to be able to say, I am the California, whatever, liberal. Yeah. And I'm, you know, the mob. Yeah. It's really. Yeah. Oh, my Joy and pain are one. That is like, that's the lesson I've been really on lately. Yeah. That's, it's it. It's all of it. Please call me by my true name so I can wake up. And so the door of my heart can be left open. The door of compassion. That's what it is. It's not just a thought experiment to be like, that's me in another life. That's a part of my body that didn't get enough food, didn't get enough light, that has some sort of illness, that has some sort of cancer that needs to be addressed, yeah. that needs to be healed. Mm-hmm. But as we've said on this podcast before, I don't want the surgeon removing my tumor to be doing it with hate. Yeah, I want him to be doing right. it because he loves me and he wants me to survive. Right, right. I don't want his hands shaking. I want him to go. And I don't even want him to... Or her. Or her. You said <laughs> I did you say said him. him. <laughs> no, I know, but but fuck, but fuck me, see? Yeah. Um, I don't even want her to do it thinking about how she hates the tumor. That's right. I think do do- it, doctors I have a Buddha nature in that they understand the system. Yeah. The cancer is because of this level of acidity and this level of this and this level of heredity and this level of exposure or whatever it might be. I know we don't know what causes it, but they're not angry about it. Yeah. They're working to do what they can to heal the body. Yeah. So I see what's what happened as an illness Mm -hmm. and I, and, and I'd like to heal it with that door open with the door of compassion. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for that. Tiki Nut. I thought of that. Tiki Nut. Tiki Nut. My favorite cereal, Tiki Nut Crunch. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) All right, everybody. (laughs) That's quite enough of this. (laughs) No, it was great. Um, We missed talking with you. Yeah, and thank you again for all of the thoughtful questions and messages. I think we're due for an episode where we just dedicate it to questions because... Oh, and silliness. Yeah, because what happens is... I wasn't feeling very silly today. I know, me either. Um, and I think that's okay. I, 
I think what happens is we, uh, usually like after we've gone for an hour and a half, I look up (laughs) questions and I realize like, holy shit, that'll take us another hour. (laughs) So, so we need to just, we'll just do questions. We'll just do questions. So go ahead and and keep sending that. I'll gram it on Thursday that we're looking for questions. That's usually the best time they might get lost. I want to read this too. Do you mind? Yeah, please. Because it's a little bit lighter. Okay. This this is in a very underrated Ram Dass book called The Journey of Awakening. Um, It is wonderful. And there's a one page, it's short, and it's called Humor. Mm. Did you ever have a bad day? Everything everything seems to go wrong and you are completely lost in anger, frustration, and self-pity. It gets worse and worse until the, fi- until the final moment when, say, you've just missed the last bus. There's some critical point where it gets so bad, the absurdity of it all overwhelms you, and you can do nothing but laugh. Mm. At that moment, you up-level your predicament. You see the cosmic joke in your own suffering. Mm. Meditation, because of the space it allows around events, gives you the chance to see the humor of your own predicament. Mm. Awareness of the passing show of one's own life allows a lightness to enter in where only a moment before there was heaviness. Humor puts things in perspective. There are many levels of humor. There is a humor of survival, a humor of sex and gratification, a humor connected with power. Beyond all these, there is a humor that is filled with compassion. It is reflected in the tiny upturn in the mouth of the Buddha, Mm -hmm. for he sees the humor in the universal predicament. All beings are lost in illusion, Yet he knows that they will awaken from the illusion, for they are, at heart, already enlightened. He knows that what seems so hard to them is, from another perspective, their own path to liberation. Mm. Often the perspectives about yourself and the universe that you arrive at through meditation make you want to giggle or laugh. This giggle is without malice. It is a cosmic giggle, one that I identify with my guru, Maharaji. For his giggle was not of this world. It was not a social or personal personality giggle, but rather a cosmic chuckle, the delight in the fun of it all. His giggle was from the place that gives us the term Leela, the divine dance of life. Aww. This was an emotional one. I know. <laughs> Reading these things in times like this, yeah. I just feel like the thing thinnest gossamer veil between me and I I feel like we're all sensitive in that way and isn't that beautiful it's like being fully alive it takes sometimes this this deep pain and sadness to like crack you open that's sort of we're full circle now falling off your donkey again no reference to a donkey (laughs) um, is painful yeah first comes the fall then comes the recovery from the fall. Both are the grace of God. I forget who said that. It was, it's a woman. That, Paula Darcy? Uh, no, no. It's um, uh, of Norwich. Ju- oh, no, I think it, it isn't a woman. I always thought it was Julianne of Norwich. It's Julian it's of Julian Norwich. Julian of Nor- Norwich. Right. And we, we, we're all sort of on our butts right now. And yeah. the dust hasn't even settled. Yeah. And it's so fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> how wounds and pain and suffering, like we're saying on your deathbed, that's often where you go, look at you, you think something is happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm grateful for that. 
Yeah. Oh, sending so much love and light and and darkness because that's all of it. <laughs> I mean, how do you define light without darkness, right? Yeah. Uh, and sending just so much gratitude for this this little community we have now. Yeah. Yeah. If prayer seems to be working, mm-hmm. that's our prayer. Yeah. Let's keep our, the doors of our hearts open mm-hmm. and let's kick some ass. Let's yeah. let's get some change. Let's get some let's do what we can to mobilize love. Yeah. Yeah. Hearts open and clear eyes. <laughs> clear eyes. <laughs> no. Yeah, hearts open, boots on. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. I love it. All right. All right, friends. Keep it crispy. Crispy. Why do you date me? I don't know. I love you. I think that's why.